Whoops. Is the TV supposed to be on in the background? Oh, no. No. Kind of. It's going to get pulled. Who's chewing? Me. Oh, that's good. It always smells good, but I throw up every time I chew. Yeah, it's just nicotine. I quit chewing real chew, so. <laughs> really, that's all I just like, man, this is going to be a good one. Like, oh, the ham. The, yeah, he, the venison ham one was, yeah, he's cooking oh, for, so bad. He's cooking for 10 hours. I, but he's going to be peeled. No, the ham one, I could, I could hardly keep both eyes open. <laughs> what is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the No Idea that scared everybody. We're rolling. We're going now. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of No Idea. This is episode number six of the No Idea Podcast, and we are here live in Wisconsin in the No Idea Studio, and it is awesome. As you can see, we've grown by two guys, and this is going to be a great episode. Um, before we get started, it would be awesome, it would be so awesome if you have not yet done so. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you consume your podcast stuff, whether it's on Apple iTunes Podcast or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever it is. If you, would, uh, if you would subscribe, that would be awesome. That way we could get word out, and you can share this with more people. It would be awesome because the the crap we talk about is good crap. This is good crap. This is like, really good stuff. This is good stuff. So um, While you're at it, make sure you hop on over to our website, noidea.tv. Um, our Hunt of a Lifetime campaign is still going on. T-shirts still available. We're right there. Lilith, grab that T-shirt right behind oh, right it. Adam, keep talking. Hold it up there. Um, up. These T-shirts, 100% of the proceeds go to benefit Hunt of a Lifetime, which is a program uh, that provides hunting uh, and outdoor opportunities for <laughs> either terminally ill or uh, disabled um, children. Yeah, and we're um, closing in. We're closing. I think we've hit our goal, but we're we want to get rid of all the T-shirts, yep. so that we can give them even more money. Great so make Christmas sure. present. So stop on over there again. No idea. TV. Check no it idea. Out. You like that URL? That's a good URL. Yeah, that is. TV. Pretty sweet. It's good stuff. So welcome. Um, let's see here. On the other side of the table is my brother Adam. He's the other half of the No Idea. Adam, why don't you introduce the dude right next to you? He's, All right. He's pretty cool stuff. Right yeah, here. he is. This is uh, Joe Lillick. Um, Joe and I go back not that long, but uh, always um, long enough that uh, I can call Joe a really good friend and a colleague. We work together. Um, he also, uh, I say ran track, but you threw, you threw shot and all the throws, whatever it's shot, disc, whatever you guys call them. Um, you did that at UWO Claire, kind of at the tail end of my time there. So, um, can, I, can I add, how in the hell do you throw in like shot? Like you look like I was 205 pounds. 400 runner yeah, we guy. Get that. We get yeah, that when we stand side by side in front of the kids and Adam, our first couple of years would say, one of us was a 400 state champ, and one was a shot put state champ, and we'll let you figure out who was who. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, no, but I was like 205 pounds, so I just uh, some great coaching that you. He's a technician. Yeah. He's, you know, he's well. He teaches economics, so yeah, he's kind of cerebral <laughs> like that. A technical. He, yeah, he's he's pretty technical e- about e- things. Economics. Yeah. Economics. I'm, Aaron, I'm gonna let you introduce. Uh, All right, this guy, this guy right here, we just brought on just for this shit. <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> provide the, the no dispute. No, part of our topic tonight is the hard water, which is here already, and this guy is absolutely a freak when it comes to hard water and ice fishing. So we decided to invite our good friend Nick Kellen on. Nick has been hanging out with us for quite some time, whether it's up at the hunting cabin. 
high school, right? Yeah. Something well, in high we school. We didn't really know each other that and well And Nick is Nick is young. Nick. If you ever just want to hang out, you just text him, hey, what are you doing? He's like, he'll be over before Come you finish over, your text. Drink beer, go golfing. Drink beer or White Claw, Night Claw, as he calls it. This is a nightcap. <laughs> Night, night claw. So for all you listeners, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also give him shit now because it's not just Adam, but it's uh, Nick drinking if, uh, white claw. So Nick's here. We just he's he's pretty cool. And then in the background, I don't know what he's doing, but there's Derek. Derek's our producer. He's our pseudo producer right now. He's just hanging out in the what is he? He's chair. on a two day bender. So he got yeah. uh, he purposely invited just so Nick could keep an eye on him. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. leave him with my wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we are tonight. We're gonna we're just gonna talk about man. We're gonna talk about fishing. We're gonna talk about hunting, both bow and gun, and then we're gonna talk about this upcoming ice fishing season. So we got a lot to to jump into. And the first thing that uh, we want to talk about is we haven't had we haven't figured out a name for this episode, but this name really just or this part of the episode is just really. Just stupid shit people do, and they get caught. So yeah, here we typically go. Typically related to hunting or fishing or outdoors or yep. something. So in Michigan, because it's Michigan, we all hate Michigan over here in Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan man, Michigan man is banned from hunting for life after poaching nine ginormous bucks. <laughs> nine bucks. Nine on October seventeenth, Michigan State Police are investigating Justin Ernst. For a domestic violence complaint, when he discovered several, when they discovered several deer in a barn where Ernst reportedly spent a lot of time, he just kind of hung out in his barn. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, according to the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, the troopers notified MDNR officers of potential po- poaching, and sure enough, when they went there, they discovered eight large white-tailed bucks just hanging in the bar, barn. Oh, man. Officers confirmed a tip, uh, racking up Ernest's tally because he shot one more like two days later. Someone called in (laughs) and said, oh, hey, so nine poached whitetails. They also discovered two shotguns, a crossbow, and a spotlight Mm. in Ernest's Ernest, Ernest, Ernest? Ernest? Ernest. 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 vehicle. yeah, Almost so they up to him. and and of course, <laughs> when all this crap goes down, the homeowner said they believed Ernst was under the influence of methamphetamine. No mm. way, yeah. dude! No. Someone so hopped up what, on meth shooting bucks. When so wait, when he was the homeowner, mm-hmm. so he this was in somebody else's barn or his barn? Or is he leasing no, this it? Was in his him. barn. And Who they, him? I um, uh, I'll hopefully get to that. But they told. Uh, he would be out, so he would go out all night, shining, shining, and then come back, uh, and a new buck would be in the barn the next morning. Well, you could hunt so much <laughs> if you were on meth. I mean, you'd never sleeping. I mean, what what else uh, are you gonna do? Hit the woods. Let's see here. I don't. It doesn't say <laughs> who turned him in. It's not like an ex-wife or a, or a or girlfriend. Did I hear that right? Though he got one after he had already been caught with the other eight. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, dude. Ballsy. They, don't, they don't raise them very well I in do. Michigan. Got, um, gotta believe lightning won't strike twice. Yeah. What, what are the odds are gonna come back? Come and back. Actually yeah. shot. Follow up one. with this. Mm. Uh, but don't. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of questions there. That like even yeah. like the gun. Don't they confiscate the guns? Fifty-nine thousand like, dollars in fines. Just, oh, I'm so, yeah. He he had to have more than they could find. Yeah, fifty-nine thousand dollars in fines. Um, man. 
to his credit, I've never seen that many bucks in an entirety of my life. <laughs> no, <laughs> and he's got nine of them. In the, they're all hanging at the same time. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, well, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're talking, there's uh, big bucks. I guess I. I mean, I don't think I've oh, seen yeah. a live. Are, these are those aren't bad. No, these are these are pretty huge, significant. Not, I mean, they're, I mean, you're talking uh, not Washburn County big, not Washburn <laughs> County public land. Although yours that we'll talk about here in, in a little bit would be in here. I mean, these were probably 130s, some of the well, yeah, biggest ones. Yeah, yeah they're nice. I have not seen. I always, I always like the DNR's uh, picture with all the poached, like fish or deer. But I heard that they do that for evidence. Yep. When they're in court, so they have. Yep. So. It's very purposeful. It's not yeah. a grip and grin. People think it's a grip and grin for the DNR to like brag about their. <laughs> they do. They people think it, but it, it truly is like an evidence thing. So. I had a, I had a classmate who got busted, our senior year of high school, for shining and shooting deer with twenty twos. Won't name names. I don't know. I doubt they even listen to this, but yeah. Yeah, I know somebody did that. Yeah. All right, last one. <laughs> last one. This one. This one's kind of somber. But do you guys remember the day uh, that the Armistice Day, the day that eighty-five duck hunters died? Do you remember this? I've never heard this. Eighty-five duck duck hunters in South Dakota Armistice Day, which is. Veterans Day now, which is what, November? November 11th, the 11th November hour, 11th, the 11th yep. day of the 11th month. So what happened was is it was uh, the, the perfect day for duck hunting. And it was kind of, it was, it was windy, it was a warmer day, but then there was a front coming through from Canada that was going to collide, and it was supposed to be the perfect day for duck hunting. So all these duck hunters went out in uh, South Dakota from Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota. They all went out. Uh, this was in 19, um, uh, what, what day was it? I'll find out as I'm, as I'm talking. Um, yeah. So they go out and they're all duck hunting and they said morning, it was awesome. And then the wind picked up and the rain turned to sleet and then turned to snow. And then the wind picked up and they're talking about like 40 to 80 mile sustained wind gusts. And they're all out and like. Shirts, long sleeve shirts. What's that? A sustained wind gust. Yeah, that's sustained. That's like kind of like, but then a gust is not sustained, sustained. by sustained. that. <laughs> sustained wind. Anyways, it was really windy, super windy. Like fine. And it's not even right. It's forty to fifty mile an hour sustained yeah. winds. Oh, that's, yeah. There you go. Sustained winds with, with gusts 80. of eighty. There we go. Now it's, okay. now it's making sense. Um. So what happened was is. Uh, there was a collision of cold, dry polar air from Canada, warm, moist, sub, uh, subtropical air from Gulf, Gulf of Mexico, resulted in a blizzard, and with three hours, two feet of snow, and 40 to 50 mile an hour sustained winds with gusts of 80, and a 30 degree temperature swing from above freezing to single digits. And the deer hunter said, or excuse me, the, the duck hunter said, you know, it changed, but by mid-afternoon, we're like, oh, this is heaven, this is awesome, we're having the time of our life. But over 85 duck hunters died that day. 85? Because they were what traps. Was uh, well, keep talking. You guys talk. <laughs> you got to stall while you what's, the, like, find what's, it. what's the worst weather you've ever, I mean, the worst weather of any All right, here we hunting. go. 1940. That would explain why I hadn't it was heard of it. 1940. <laughs> yeah. Over 200 people that day died, like children and all that, from because the power lines were down, all that good stuff. Um, 
So they just sat out there because they're like, this is awesome. And then what they said is um, after they realized that they can't get back um, because any boats that they – any boats they had that day wouldn't that it wouldn't start, and the waves were too big, so they couldn't navigate the waters. So hunters started gathering with other hunters, trying to like pool their resources together. They took turns shooting uh, limbs off of trees so that they could get lumber to like burn mm-hmm. wood to burn. They took turns like taking uh, taking apart their shells to to burn briefly um, the powder, Jesus. the gunpowder, and. The next day, some dude in a, who owned a plane, he would fly around, find hunters. He would turn his engine off. He'd yell out, help's coming. And then they said he, they would drop. Uh, they would drop like food. <laughs> it also says cigarettes. <laughs> 1940. And, and matches uh, down. And he would fly around until rescue boats could kind of gather where the people were. And then they'd rescue him. He did that for one day and then woke up the next morning and did it again. So the Jeez. day, Armistice Day, the day that 85 duck hunters in South Dakota died. South Dakota. I've, I think the worst, and it's not even bad weather, it was just cold, was, was Dan, it was Dan Shire's first year hunting. And we, it, I don't know, I think air temp was like minus five. It was a op- gun opener in Wisconsin probably six, eight years ago. That was the worst I've ever. It's not. I, kind of, I yeah. also have to admit I'm kind of a fair weather hunter. Yeah, I'm not know? that. It's, I'm not that brave or dedicated. It's yeah. um, it's when it's the cold is one thing. It's the wind that it kills you. Thirty degrees and windy feels way worse than zero degrees with no wind. Yeah. in my opinion. Well, I mean, this is 1940, and the the yep. f- materials they had, the fabrics they had, were different. They didn't have all the the things on them that that we'd have to warm us yeah. up. But yeah, I've never been anything remotely that cold. Um, but like when you camp in Canada sometimes and you're so far from stuff and you're just not prepared for those conditions, not anything close to that in terms of cold, but you're maybe 30, 40 degrees off in terms of what you packed, it makes for a scary little encounter. And you also, they also don't have the technology to, te- to get them the forecast. Yeah, I mean, and know ahead they, of time. They, yeah. now, now it's like we, we check our phones and, oh, crap, it's going to start snowing in three hours. We better go yep. home. So having said, they, said, they said we just stayed there and we just – kept shooting ducks because they're all over he's like if you stayed past lunch it was too late um and but he did they did say meteorologist shudder to your point when uh um, armistice day blizzard subject comes up because after that blizzard uh what they did is um the government took the initiative to spend more money uh and invest more money into weather forecasting so that they could avoid something like this again so, yeah. Cool. There you go. All right. Switching cool. gears here a little bit. Um, so it's, what is it? It's uh, December 3rd, right? Yep. When we shoot this right now. Um, it's that time of year. You're looking for Christmas presents, right? And a lot of us are yeah, young kids or, or family with young kids. That's kind of one of the reasons we have Joe here is to obviously chime in on a lot of this good stuff because Joe is a hook and bullet kind of guy like Aaron and I like to call people that, you know, were born and raised North Highway 8 and just kind of <laughs> fish and hunt and everything like that. So, uh, but one of the things um, Joe has gotten into and it's kind of a two, uh, a COVID thing, 2020 type of thing. And Joe, I'll let you kind of t- take it from there. But you, you got into writing some children's books. Yeah, um, I had... A two-year-old at the time uh, when lockdown started, 
and uh, my second son was born March 30th. Uh, let me actually wait. March 21st. I should probably know that. So if my wife watches that, she's going to check. <laughs> my second son was on March 21st okay, I'll cut that out. Of, of the lockdown. Um, so it was like right at the start. So we had this newborn baby. No one was coming to the house. We couldn't get, um, you know, like library books for our older son to kind of keep him entertained or whatever. And um, yeah, and it, it was nothing that I really in, ever intended to be bigger than just something to keep my older son kind of entertain while we're on lockdown and, and not able to do some of these other things. Um, and what I set out to do was, you know, we had children's books that rhyme and keep their attention. And then we got some older books that are kind of have like information in them, but are, you know, they're not exactly encyclopedias, but they have information in them that wouldn't hold their attention. So I kind of combined the two into kind of like a rhyming field guide where there's the rhyme to kind of keep the young kids interested, but also some info in that. So I wouldn't say it's a, a, a burgeoning career of mine to call myself a writer, but it was something that then after I did it, um, turned out a heck of a lot better than I expected and tried to figure out a way to print them. And the next thing I know, I'm selling them via Amazon. And so, now my guess is a lot of this was, I don't, was pushed by your wife or like who was, who was kind of the one that was, cause you don't seem like the guy to call a publishing company and be like, hey, I've got a book that <laughs> I want you to check you out. You didn't know me in March of 2020 when <laughs> yeah. I was bored. Out of, no, um, yeah, it was it was kind of like me just wanting to staple some pages together that I had drawn on and done some of the illustrations on. Um, and then uh, at some point saying, well, my wife's kind of like, maybe we should find a way to bind this or to make this more substantial than just a corner staple or something. And the next thing I know, I'm looking into printing this and that's actually how I stumbled into Amazon was they were going to allow me to just print it myself on demand you know it wasn't like I had to get a whole bunch of them made I just if I want one copy they print one copy and never print another and then all of a sudden it's setting it so up to be sold what do you call it when the per what do you call the pictures that are drawn like are you the I'm the illustrator illustrator I suppose. yeah yeah <laughs> Did with one hand that? while holding my son in the other because he wouldn't sleep oh nice and so you you drew all that yeah yeah all the words and, and the drawings, that was all me. And, so, yeah, uh, yeah the, fir the first book is what? How to Camp. Uh, kind of. <laughs> come well, come camping, camping with, camping with, me. with yeah. me. Well, that's just one on top. But, yeah, that was actually the either the third or the fourth that I wrote because um, it started with the fish one. I wanted to do the field okay. guide. Which is what? Which, which, which fish, fish is, is this? Okay. Not actually a rhyme, but the rest of the book rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's a field guide, and then there's, like, these other kind of fictional stories just yep. – going fishing and naming the equipment so kids kind of get familiar with um, the names of things. So, like, oh, grab me of this, and, and they actually okay. know what it is. Um, but then a, a field guide to identify the different fish. And then there's a camping one that goes with a tree identification one. So uh, how many books have you written? Uh, four of these kind of toddlerish age ones, and then I had a couple, like, color, shape, okay. opposite, like, really really little baby ones because i had yeah. a couple sons and so so really it's i mean for instance like those two are really any parent who wants to expose their kids to the outdoors whether it's camping or yeah fishing or i mean it's just a fun fun book that fun two books that kids can get to know the outdoors even more yeah especially if it's like you know really cold and you don't want to take them out actually or you're sitting around and in, in uh you know the winter and and excited to go fishing and can't get them on the ice because uh, it's maybe not thick enough yet or uh maybe it's just too darn cold for a, a three-year-old so you 
pick yep. up a book and teach them the different fish. And, and you can order those up on Amazon, right? Yep, yep. And, and uh, we're going to do a link on awesome. noidea.tv because yeah. it just sounds cool. And we'll link it to the Amazon Amazon uh, link to him, and you can order these. Probably perfect for perfect for Christmas. Perfect Christmas gifts. And that's it. You know, um, one, the, the thing that I liked about them, you dropped a couple off for, for my girls and stuff, and you can only read so many of the Billy Goat books and stuff like that and <laughs> just like you you truly do it and we we try to um you know you, you try to immerse your kids in the outdoors and all that kind of stuff but when you look at that type of stuff i you know I, i've got two daughters the oldest one at 10 probably, probably books are probably a little too too young for them but it's perfect right in natalie's wheelhouse of being six years old and um you know that that's kind of that age range that i'd i'd probably look for the for these books so if you got anybody at home that you got some maybe a four, five, six-year-old kid or, or yep. grandparents out there. You got some grandkids that you want to uh, get something for. It would be an awesome Christmas present. And, um, yeah, check it out at noidea.tv. We'll so throw are a link you, are there. you like a New York Times bestseller for kids? Or uh, I got a few more sales. A too. I got a, a few more sales to get okay. <laughs> before I'm up there. After everybody sees <laughs> so, this. Yeah, I mean, after this video, this will this will do it. This will push you, me over there. Have you sold enough to, like, go buy some outdoor equipment? Um, no, uh, probably, I want to say it's like 400 some copies so far between all nice. the ones. Oh, that's awesome. You say nice until you realize most of it is family and friends, <laughs> but it was, it was it my mom bad. bought, well, 200, oh, no, okay. yeah. uh, but no, it's, um, yeah, it, it was something original. I'm like, Hey, if there actually ever is any money made on this, it's the kids have college yeah. funds that we're contributing yeah. to, but it's, yeah. it hasn't right. been much so far. <laughs> that's all right. Most of our, uh. YouTube uh, views on our YouTube channel, our parents and yeah. family, and Adam and I, we've yeah. opened up about 100 comments. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, how they do. So, but the, to, to give a little more perspective on this, uh, backing up into your childhood, though, I mean, it was, I mean, Tomahawk... I mean that—that's really you. You have pictures of you and your brothers, and you growing up, you with your parents, yep. and things like that. So, not necessarily about the book, but just when I say hook and bullets. Um, you know, I think a lot of our friends, uh, you know, you two right here, uh, but just that lifestyle of, I mean, you've, you've told some stories about, you know, when when Joe hunts, it, it truly is. It, it doesn't, I mean, he'd probably rather shoot a, you know, a three-and-a-half-year-old or a two-and-a-half-year-old doe rather than some big, old, gnarly buck because it's just going to taste better. And if you don't get enough in the freezer, that's that's the way I understand you. And, yeah. And that's that had a lot of influence with with the writing and things like that, right? Yeah, and <clears throat> going back to the beginning there, yeah, we're stuck in lockdown, but we're also we live in the city, um, which was just not how I was raised. And part of the the motivation behind just trying to get my kids to read these books is because, unlike when I was growing up, we were in the woods and we were on a lake, and that was just you step outside and you're in the middle of it. And my kids aren't going to have that, which is why the books kind of help bridge some of that gap because we still have to grandmas you know, and, and get them out in the water and, and get them out in the woods. But it's, it's not every day. Yeah. It's, it's more infrequent because it's not our home. So, um, yeah, that was, it was a huge part of who I was growing up and my brothers and I, and, um, you know, my brothers and I don't sit down and do podcasts on a regular basis, but the only thing that we really do regularly together is hunt and fish. And that's yeah. kind of the glue that holds our families together. Cause it's, it's always been, you know, getting, getting meat in the freezer and, um, you know, picking picking berries uh, in the fall to to make the jelly for the year and that kind of stuff. And you and you didn't 
You d- <laughs> Is it, I got to come back to the story. You didn't get running water till what? Oh, we, junior year in high school? Well, and it wasn't. We it's didn't not have necessarily a functional a, shower until okay. later. <laughs> it, it wasn't necessarily a. It wasn't necessarily a financial thing. It was just like that was the lifestyle, though, right? Yeah. Anyone who knows my dad knows that that was more of a choice than a, a financial necessity. <laughs> but <laughs> no, we had an outhouse when we, um, you know, when when we first were uh, in the cabin, and then. Um, it, it's the house now, but it was the cabin when we first moved up there. And, uh, yeah, I remember I was pretty young, but we had um, a pump down at the lake and just the holes run up the side of the hill. And you just – it was basically a garden hose on the side of the house, and that was your shower the weekend we were up. Because I was actually down in Milwaukee when I was real, real little, and we didn't move up till I was probably eight years old. Um, but if you were up there, you'd shower basically with lake water, and, the, and it would be – I mean, I don't want to even guess the temperature. It was colder than I would have liked. <laughs> the, the, the story, the story you tell that that it was absolutely hilarious. So it was because it was kind of in front of some of the athletes that we coached, and they just could not believe it. Because, but it was about how you had to like retrain yourself after you got running water that you don't have to pee outside. Like oh, you can yeah, yeah. pee indoors. Like yeah. it's just like a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and now that uh, you know, my this isn't nineteen like forties <laughs> either. This <laughs> is like. You like, dated, like, did you? When you went over to the girl's house, did you go outside to go to the bathroom? My wife. Well, when I well, I didn't date. I didn't date much in high school. Um, but no, when my wife walking their dogs by, I was like, oh, it must have dogs. Uh, nope, it's no. Joe. See, my dad never retrained himself, so my wife actually came to our house for the first time. And this is a woman that I met in college. So I was, we were twenty, and she came to my house for the first time, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I just had to warn her before I get up there. Okay, just. When you go in the house, if you have to go to the bathroom, just don't flush unless you've got number because it's kind of a yellow let it mellow thing. Yeah. And lo and behold, the first time she's there, my dad had probably about six urines that he had on top of each other, like golden yellow. Like we're really letting this thing mellow. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this woman is going to run out of here so fast. Um, but no, here we are. We married uh, just just past six years now. So that that didn't scare away. But uh, yeah, it was, like, it was definitely a, a yellow, let it so, mellow household. So did you guys live off the land? I wouldn't go that far. No? Uh, but like, it was very you... much an intentional, yeah. let's not buy beef if we don't have yeah. to, because even at, you know, whatever for ground meat, which back, I'm trying to think when I was growing up, probably buck ninety nine a pound or something like that was yeah. just more than my dad wanted to pay. Yeah. You know, but it was a lot of venison. So our deer season was very... Um, objective of we got to fill these tags. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yeah. Really quick. Um, I'm going to give you a part of the deer and you say yes or no whether you ate it. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's start with the obvious. Deer heart. Yes. Actually, one of my favorites. I love that favorites. texture. Okay. Yeah. Um, deer ribs. The meat between them? Yes. Yeah. The ribs we would put on top of the wood stove and give to the dog after they okay. were kind of like baked on the Kind of roasted on the wood stove because we had wood heat uh, in the house. Deer tongue. Tongue, no. 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 Stopped at the tongue. I guess. Uh, what about squirrel? Yeah. Red squirrel? Too small. Too small. We never really. How do you cook your squirrel? Stew. Stew? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my my brother does this. Stu- I'm I haven't we I haven't truly squirrel hunted since I was probably yeah. a teenager, but how my brother you, still does. How did you skin them? Did you do the tail method where you step on the tail and pull up, or did you do like the like that pole. It was basically like field dressing any other okay. mammal. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, a special 
technique the way and that's all i knew growing up just you know yeah. slid them and were pull you guts trappers up. uh no but my brother's gotten to that more recently in his okay. life but no it was it was deer season we didn't hunt bear or turkey because okay. deer was our primary meat we did a lot of fishing a lot of walleye a lot of crappie um you know a lot of picking berries and stuff but it was kind of just Get a little of every food group and don't get too caught up in what tastes good yeah. or what. <laughs> so, so your next book is probably not going to be like, come quality deer management with me. Uh, no, <laughs> although gonna, I have. You're not you going to be like QDM. <laughs> no, and it's not like it's not like if it's brown, it's down kind of stuff either, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's, and, and kind of to Adam's point, no, I wouldn't pass on a buck <laughs> if I had the shot, yeah, but it's, no. it really is, it's, um, you know, I'm not embarrassed to get a nice old doe that oh, yeah, is, is know, on the yeah like and a dry doe. You yeah. gotta get rid of a dry yeah. doe. Yeah, and just to, you know, knowing that it is not going to waste. None of yep. it's you know we're not just gonna, uh, you know, pick at it like, um, you know, like we're high class or something. We're gonna. My I can remember my dad with a spoon kind of scraping some of the chunks of meat out of the pelvis of a deer. You know, just yeah. really getting everything possible out That's of the deer, awesome. and then we keep all the you know the the suet bags that we have out for the. Birds all winter birds. long, just and there's by the time you're done processing the deer, um, there what the tongue was left, you know. Yeah. But then you go turn in the hide and you get them, you know, a pair of gloves that some guy will trade you for the hide and stuff. And Best chopper mitts ever. <laughs> and your mother is a big part of this too, right? I mean, yeah. in regards to the hunt and, and what's her role in that. Yeah, and we talked about that a lot this last deer season. Um, my brothers and, and my uncle and cousins and I uh, about. Uh, the, the family aspect of it. Because here we all, we're all Bonnie. I haven't seen my cousins other than at like a wedding or a big event in quite some time. But every year we get together for this. Mm-hmm. And it used to be more of a, we're the only ones up north. People came up by us. People would stay with us. The wives would come. It would be like more of a thing. And now, um, you know, my generation, so my brothers and I, my cousins, we're married. All the wives stay home. We go hunt. Yeah. And then there's you know the texts of are you, gonna, are you coming home now are you gonna be back you know what time are you done hunting and coming back home uh and that's where it was refreshing to talk about my mom who is um now divorced but this is a, a week where people come to her house because she's mm-hmm. kind of the centrally located one and um you know i, I wouldn't say she loves processing the deer but it, it's it's a nice she would much rather do that than be part of the drive like she was when I was real little. Yeah. Uh, and she um, enjoys, you know, we're out doing a drive, and we do a lot of drives. We're out doing drives, and she knows we're coming back after a couple of these, and she knows how long they take and when we'll be back. And she's got the um, the tenderloins from the one this morning ready to go for us so we can have a snack on this morning's deer and, and so head back out. how and, many brothers do you have? Uh, it's just three of us, so, so two brothers, yeah. So the other two, did either one go off like the deep end as far as like super outdoorsy, like lives in a, lives in the ground and, you know, and, and eat skunk and all that? Shit? I'm, no? to some degree, I'm a little bit more than them because okay. I have, um, uh, I really like nature and from a just, I know I can eat that. I might not ever actually go that far as to yeah. like <laughs> do it, but I love to know that. Um, but my brother Jack is constantly fishing, constantly hunting. He's the one who's in the trap and he's two years older yeah. than me. Um, but he, um, he's got, he's gone through the DNR to get certified as like a, um, uh, a guide and he's taken out mostly kind of friends of friends trying to get his feet wet, doing some of that. Uh, he carves his own gun stocks and stuff and, and does a lot of, um, you know, 
kind of making musky baits and selling. He, oh, he's nice. really into all the outdoor stuff. Um, but he's so. Uh, would he come on our podcast? I was gonna say, yeah. I don't know why he got me here. You could have an awesome guest today. I don't know. I mean, is, yeah, I could probably, could probably talk to him. He lives in uh, Rhinelander. Oh yeah, uh, and and Tomahawk, but the whole eggs. The whole day. Well, yeah, he was. He, we, we went to Tomahawk. Yeah. Um, but now he he works. He's a nine one one dispatcher. So his okay. schedule his schedule is actually. He's busy a lot, but when he's off, he's off, and and has a couple days in a row. And it might be a Tuesday, Wednesday that he is off, which really helps with. Yeah. Hey, I can get out on the water and no one else is there because it's a Tuesday or Wednesday in northern yeah. Wisconsin, so right. I have that we'll, opportunity. We'll get him on. We'll kick Nick that's, off and get. Yeah, him. That's really why you brought me on is to get my brother to get in with my brother. Part of the reason we got you guys on is because we want to do, uh, we want to bring the fall to an end. I mean, shit. Today was 15 degrees. Yeah, I think we we missed fall, so. We want to just wrap the bow season up, uh, but before we get into the bow season, you were talking about fishing. You're a big trout dude. Are you? Are, were you right? a big yeah. big trout dude growing up, or is that no. just more of a recent thing? That um, well, into? so when we were real little, they used to plant uh, German browns in the lake that we grew up on, and is now the lake my mom lives on. And um, those you could get kind of mid twenty inches, uh, and with a brown trout and. You know, you're not on one of the big bodies of water. Obviously, they get bigger in Superior in Michigan, but um, just in the middle of central Wisconsin like that, to get a 20-some inch brown trout was awesome, and we'd smoke them. Um, and then they stopped planting. As soon as we moved from Milwaukee up north, the DNR stopped planting in that lake, and then we, that kind of died out then. Um, and then later in life, after I graduated high, uh, college, I, I got into it, more so than my brothers, uh, back into trout fishing. But that's now in the creek with... You get a 16, 17 inch brow. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So how about that. did how late in the fall did you fish? How did how did everything go for you? Um, this was a weird year. I, I wouldn't say that it was really um, one of my best. Part of it is just getting out there more. I, I didn't. My wife and I, for the first time, we both worked for the school district and had the summer off, which I thought would be awesome <laughs> for getting out and about a little bit more. But it turned into a whole lot of family time, which is great. Um, and we did a lot of outdoor stuff. But uh, when I go trout fishing, that's kind of me time. Um, so Does it help if you have to take me? Does it help me? You're like, hey, yeah, Ash, you know, Ash, I got to do this. Got, this is gotta, for work now. I got to take, <laughs> I gotta take you, my. I got to take some YouTubers <laughs> so, out. Yeah. Adam, Adam, keeps, Adam keeps saying like, oh, I got this connection, this Lilith guy who can take us like like uh, trout fishing. So you're going to take us, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't say I'm anything special in that regard, but <laughs> that area is special. So are we that, talking, I mean, where are we? Are we talking like river runs through it's a, a Brad Pitt fly it's fishing? It's a class, it's like I'm a class, whatever, movie. what are they, it's like a high class uh, fishing. I want to say area. it's, is it the class one? It's the class, because there's the one, two, and three classes, um, where it's natural reproduction, and they don't need to stock anything in that stretch of river. And it, it my brother pulled a 26-inch brown trout out of there a couple of years ago on an area where we we were in a canoe he was in the front i was in the back and trying to turn that around we were it was a little tight because it was such a narrow part of this <laughs> creek it's the prairie river up in yeah. um lincoln county but it oh, then that's where the state record brook trout came out yeah, of that body oh, bleep water that bleep that out. oh yeah yeah this, uh, disclosed location <laughs> yeah actually not quite north of highway <laughs> yeah, not, not, yeah, so we're in wisconsin is a potato river yeah. <laughs> Everybody catches fish in the Potato River. Yeah, that's where I catch all my fish, Potato Lake. <laughs> Any, ask anyone. Do you trout fish uh, smaller streams around the area here? Not around here. Um, part of that is, again, like I said, the, the trout fishing I think of as like me time. And I just don't know the area that well. And when I do go places, there's people. And there's nothing I hate more than people. Oh, I could. Because <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it feels like such an intimate moment with 
nature. And, you know, when we go out to that stretch of river, you're almost guaranteed to see something. So there's always eagles there, which is fine, but you're going to be turning on a corner and then there's a blue, blue heron just like looking at you, ready to like deciding whether it wants, it wants to come at you or fly away. And, and just being that isolated from here, you get to a Charles stream, you're like oh, I've, five minutes from some other guy who's so, going to roll up all of a so sudden. So you do it spinner baits or fly? Mostly baits? spinners. Um, do you do fly? Not effectively, no. <laughs> but that's well, it's just not too, ha- not too tight. Up. It's just it's just yeah. like Bruce with Devil's Creek and stuff like that. It's yeah. just too overgrown. Yeah. Too yeah. I fished, you can't uh, get I've spent hundreds of hours on Devil's Creek in and out of the Blue Hills, trout fishing those small streams that are loaded with trout, but you're never catching anything over 13 or 14 inches. Yeah. But boy, you can find if you can get access to some land and jump in the middle of a creek versus off a bridge and walk. I mean, you're not going to see anybody. You're going to catch 30 trout, and it's going to be just a just what you want, just peace, and and it's fun. Yeah, and, you, and, and that's why I don't go around here, because yeah. <laughs> I want that peace. Well, you, 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 got, you got to have a budget for spinners if you're going up uh, some of the streams around here, for sure. Yeah. Joel Lillick, everybody who does not like people. <laughs> when I'm fishing, when I'm yeah, fishing. Catch him on, words. find him on Twitter. You can reach him yeah. on Facebook. DM yeah, him anytime. Yeah, yeah. Actually, not on any of them. No, you're on, Nothing except for Amazon. That's why I needed my wife to watch this. Amazon books to share. All right, so bow season. Bow season. So uh, just in a nutshell, I didn't get out very much. Uh, Kids are getting busy. Son was in football. um, And I just didn't have the time to get out. But we got out probably, I'd say, about a half a dozen times. And the one time that my son sits with me, we're sitting about 50 yards away. Uh, a really nice six-pointer comes in, and he, he blasts the things with uh, with Grandpa's crossbow. It was awesome. I got to watch the whole thing. Um, hit it. We got down. He looked at it, found the, found the bolt, and it, half of it was, was fat, and the other half was a little bit blood. It was not a gut shot. No. Yeah, I don't think it was a gut shot. Because when you talk about when people show pictures of arrows and bolts of gut shots it's green and it stinks and this was not so call adam we back out right away um aiden's really excited we call adam adam comes well we he you come here and then we head out about 10 o'clock in the evening or at night and never found it never found it then we went out the saturday morning looked another two hours uh, didn't find it. And then two weeks later, we get a call from the landowner who says, I think we found your son's buck. Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally 70 yards away from his stand. And we walked past him about 15 yards. Yep. And you <sighs> walked past him 15 yards away probably three or four times. Three or four times. Yep. It sucked. It sucked. Yeah. We haven't – Adam Adam came in and was like, dude, you got like a gas smell or something? No, we're getting a – I don't call it a European mount. I call it a freedom mount. We don't like the Europeans. It's a freedom mount. So it's, it's outside. It's outside on the garbage can. That's a, that'll that'll be out there until that'll be out there until April. Until I guarantee April. It. it's gonna be. No, out I'm taking it. I'm taking it to his uncle's house. Not you, but his other uncle who has it's those gonna beetle. Be sitting in your driveway. No, he's got those beetle things. It's going up next weekend. He's gonna get a freedom mount done with it, but. He and that one was there was no blood. I mean, no initially, initially, I mean, him. I, I, I would have swore up and down that he either just nicked it or just it. I mean, something. I didn't think that deer was dead. No, there's no, no way I thought. It and was he dead. didn't get far at all. That's the sad thing. And then, so I tell you know, 
he's excited and does the grip and grin with the head. We cut the head off and the kids were laughing at me because I had your sawzall and I had to stop every probably 30 seconds because I was dry heaving. Well, yeah, because from the time he shot it, Oh, to the time that it was, it was Whoa. like two or three seventy degree days in like late October there, oh, and it was, it was, yeah. we normally don't get that. But not that you would have saved any meat anyways after a week and a half. Joe could have found some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee my dad would have found something on that deer to eat. <laughs> and it was, oh, gosh, that's just making me gross. So, so we cut the head off. He did his little grip and grin, and I'm like, ah, this, we got the antlers. It's good, but this isn't why we do it. We do it for the meat. And he's like, whatever. You know, because he's 13. It's his first year. He's like, I got the antlers. So I'm like, ah, yeah. So that, that really sucked. That actually, that was probably my, the most bummed I've been hunting, you know, because just, we just didn't get it. And it was a perfect hunt. It was a perfect sit. And everything just came together, and we didn't get it. I'm yeah, like, well, be, yeah, it's, it'd be tough to be – it'd be tougher – or it's more tough that it's your son because, you know, if you do it, I mean, you're going to be bummed that that, that meat went to waste and whatever, you're, you got the antlers, but the fact that your son didn't get to yeah to get that meat, to get those back straps and have that yeah. and just experience yeah, so it. That, he's, also, he's also in a phase where, you know, everybody goes through it. It's, I, wanna, I yeah. want those antlers. It's got antlers. I want to sh- show my buddies. You know, so that, so that was on, that was on fr- a Friday. We looked on Saturday. Uh, immediately following... The next week, my brother goes up to the boneyard. Adam, take over. Can we just skip down the ice fishing? <laughs> we All right. Well, did, did you guys hunt? You didn't hunt. I didn't you? hunt this year, no. It, you didn't uh, hunt? Did you bow hunt? Yeah. Yeah, did not as do? much as I would have wanted to. Um, it, was, it was a warm fall, so I was out a lot, but the deer weren't, and I didn't get a lot of movement, and that was kind of one of the weird things, and I go back and forth in this every year. Being someone who does trout fish in the spring, I have some land that I – own and i'm always like do i take this nice weather weekend to go fishing or do i put something in the field so that i can actually have a decent (laughs) deer hunt this fall and i chose fishing and i went fishing and i didn't get any corn or anything in the ground and um you know it was it was a nice it was a nice year to sit it was not a nice year to see deer around my place but um uh i want to say my brother's son got a deer um uh, at my place I'm trying to think of that was this year or last year. Um, but, yeah, no, I personally didn't get up as much as I wanted. And, yeah. and so this year definitely it. was a year where it was it was, it was either hot. it was warm. We had a couple, like, two weekends on, like, a Thursday, Friday where fronts, fronts came through and it dropped, like, 15 degrees down to, like, um, you know, maybe the low 40s and maybe high 30s, but not, it was not, like, that gradual. And I think that definitely had an effect on the deer and how, even just how they moved yep. Um, yep. this fall because they did not move a whole lot except when it was like the peak of the rut. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I, I just noticed, just follow, I mean, you follow enough, uh, you know, your friends on Facebook that hunt and fish and, you know, they bow hunt and you don't see anything, don't see anything, don't see anything because they all get posted. And then about a week to two weeks before rifle season, it was just a deer yeah. somebody shot a deer every day there was nothing yeah. there was none of the early stuff which usually you no. see a few and, and that's and that's what i noticed this year too is even the guys that the guys and gals that get out just a lot they own their land that is close by and they can get out and they do and they sit and they sit and they sit and they still didn't get a whole lot but that's where it was the what was it two weekends before the gun deer season and that was mm-hmm. the heart of the rut in northern wisconsin i mean it was just you could just tell and it was forecast for thunderstorms on 
on a Friday, on a, thir- on a Thursday, Friday, night, a Friday night. night into a Friday, and um, the front was coming through. And it was, I mean, I, that's when it started. Everybody started posting pictures, all that yep. kind of stuff. Yeah, me and Derek actually, the last day the golf course was open, played golf. We had to walk uh, top nine at our local golf course. Uh, got to the the tee box on the tenth tee box. And there was a doe sprinting across the fairway and a buck sprinting right behind her. It sprinted across six fairways and <laughs> down in the woods, ended up in my yard, chased it into my yard. Derek got out his driver, a little yeah. Tiger Woods stinger shot. We All right, we're shot. having fresh venison tonight. Did we just freaking talk about golfing on our podcast? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, okay. That's okay. Whatever. We I made a, I made a birdie. All are welcome to <laughs> so, this, podcast, this podcast. So, so yes. Okay, so, so Adam, Adam goes up Thursday because he's like, okay, front's coming through. I don't get that yeah. many opportunities. I do not no, get those opportunities. Don't. This is like we don't own time. we don't own land around here. I, I whether I like people or not, I I don't. I really don't. I'm kind of with you, but it's Lilic, like Lilic would not be hanging out with you. <laughs> but it was, I don't know. It's just one of those deals, and I've bought doe estrus and buck all that all that kind of crap many times. This never works. So I but I go up and. Shout out! Shout out to you. Asked me and shout out to Wags. Yes. Because I'm like, you get Wags, you get the estrus, and you get the buck intruder. And keep in mind, I've only been bull hunting for maybe a half a dozen years or so. Um, so and it's never worked. Like I've I've done the mock scrapes. I've done all that crap and grunting, and <laughs> nothing's ever happened. I've never I've never even seen anything. I got I did get one six pointer, but that was. That was a legal buck within the city limits of Eau Claire. <laughs> it was legal, and it was a really nice six-pointer, but that was – it almost didn't seem He's fair. He's pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. But so I go up, and it's uh, about 4.30. I put out the scrape, uh, put out a mock scrape, and put all the scent down, and I I take, you know, one of those flimsy maple um, oak trees and saplings, and I just tie a wick at the top and spray asterisk with it about 15 yep. feet high, and – 45 minutes, I hear something off to the right, and here he comes in, and I could just – one of those deals, everybody knows what I'm talking about. You see the antlers coming, you don't see the body at all. All you just see is antlers coming through the woods. And you're like, oh, my God, okay, it's it's big one. This, folks, if you go back to our video – We'll post a picture right here. We'll post a picture, but it's it's the buck from our oh, video. Yeah. When, when we review post- the flex – um, the yes. spy point flex, flex right uh, check out that video because it is, that's the buck on video from the flex. Um, that makes it even worse. I know. I know. So, yes. Well, now everybody knows, yeah, now everybody knows Jesus. I didn't get the buck. Yeah. You're okay, making it here. But okay, so we'll fast forward. Okay. So it comes in and I got really antsy. I didn't take a bad shot. I know I didn't take a bad shot. Um, but if I'd have been a little more patient, it probably would have come in about, I, all I needed was about five more yards. And there wouldn't have been, I mean, it, it would have been a broadside shot all day. The front half of the deer pokes through. Um, shoot. I It's a lighted knock. I see it disappear, and then it reappears, and I see the deer run off. I go, confirm that there's blood, and then I back out. Back out for about two hours. Call our neighbor, Joe. Uh, Joe and his wife actually live up by our cabin, um, two doors down. And he helps come out two, two hours later, two and a half hours later, about 830 uh, we start tracking it. Type of blood you look and you're like, oh, it's going to be right up here on the corner. Oh, it's going to be right, right behind this next tree. Go, go, go. Three quarters of a mile in, uh, we start losing the blood and it just starts getting less and less. Um, we start to grid search around the last blood. We grid search for about uh, probably a 50 to 60 yard uh, radius all the way around and nothing. Um, and then it starts to rain, and then it storms all night. 
Uh, I call Aaron and I'm bummed. I, I message a couple. Uh, it, keep in mind too, it never bedded down. It didn't do anything. I, we didn't bump it. Nothing. Um, I messaged a couple of the dog trackers. Didn't hear back from him. I and I don't blame him. I mean, that's a busy time of year. Yep. Wouldn't have found it anyways. But nonetheless, we go. Aaron comes up, drives up all the way from Eau Claire, and we we put our tracker on on the Onyx app and combined we walked over 13 miles in in a 40 acre patch <laughs> looking for the stupid looking for anything yeah in, in don't find it well fast forward to the opener of the gun deer season ken another neighbor that's ken, up there yes our neighbor ken, he's an old man old man who drive he walks his dog by driving his utv around the kind of the the fire lanes <laughs> yeah, up that's there how you and so he, he yeah you take I, it from there opening morning i'm sitting behind his place because that's where all the deer are he comes driving through, and he stops, and we're, you know, we're shooting the shit. And I'm like, yeah, my my brother, we never found never found that buck. And he's like, well, Joe shot it. I'm like, <laughs> what? He goes, yeah, Joe shot it. He shot. And this is, I hope to God Joe's listening to this because yes. because we're calling him out a little yes. bit. Yes. I mean, and he's like, Joe shot it. Yeah, he got it. He came in the week later. And he came in and he shot it, killed it, and sure enough, there is a freaking hole through its neck. <laughs> we're like, oh crap! So that night, uh, at, at the end of uh, Saturday's gun deer season, opener, the opener, opening weekend. I'm driving around and there's Joe and his wife and they're uh, they pike they park there they live yeah they park in a house. They have an ice castle. They drive it up on the public land about two miles north of their house. Got to get close. Just just to get out of this, yeah, to say they're, they're out of the house. camping in their ice castle. So you guys can't come down and borrow water and drink all the <laughs> yeah, bush light? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I stop, and I'm talking. I say, hey, Joe, I heard you got Adam's buck. And Joe's face goes. <laughs> just. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Ken said. He goes, yeah, I got it. So he was, he was crap in his pants because he didn't want adam to find out because he thought adam would be really mad <laughs> and upset about it and adam and i adam's like i don't care i'm just glad that the damn thing was it's, killed and somebody got it it's not it's dead not, and rotten somewhere yeah, yeah it's not awesome. rotting so so long story short i go pick up adam adam comes out to the ice castle with joe joe shows adam the picture adam starts chugging bush latte and because <laughs> he was, was so i mean you, you could see it was big i mean oh you, it was you knew it was big but um, the biggest deer I've shot was probably a one one oh five, like eight pointer. That's the biggest deer I've ever shot. I mean, you just, I I've shot seven or eight bucks. I I've shot a ton of doe. I you just don't just don't the volume. You just don't get out that much. So to see something like that, it was like, oh my god. There's still a part of me that is like that thirteen year old boy that's like, oh my god. I just want to. Holy crap. I just want the antlers. But to see that, to see that he, he got this it and all that big. kind of stuff, and it it was, it was good for Joe, and I'm not mad at him, but I'm pissed at myself. It was a 10-pointer. So, it was, it was, uh, so, question, so you did shoot a 10-pointer, just yeah. for the record. He yeah. shot, shot a 10-pointer this year. <laughs> just stop there. Joe, would Don't you have shoot pictures. a 10-pointer? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, no, I had to make it sound like I wouldn't. <laughs> I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I didn't say he wouldn't shoot a 10-pointer. I, I was like, he oh. would, he would rather have the meat nice from a two and a half, yeah. two and a half, three and a half year old doe than he would a five and a half year old. Adam was like, "Don't talk to spot. Joe about bucks. He likes veal. No, Get the little ones, the very small yeah. ones. Those antlers um, make good chew toys but, for the dogs. I know for a fact. Uh, Joe likes them tenderized <laughs> by Ford F one fifty. So the million dollar question was, why did you wait just like a couple seconds later or longer for it to come step out? 
That's the thirteen-year-old boy. He was out of he was out of white claw. You're still thirteen-year-old boy. He was out of white claw and needed to get out of there. No, it was it's that deal where the inexperience of this is the rut, man. He didn't, and I actually moved my foot in the. I'm in a plastic hut, those hard plastic huts, elevated about eight feet. Um, I moved my foot and hit something. Big bang. He looked right at me, turned away. He didn't give a shit about me. And it's just that inexperience of the impatience of, I took a shot that outside the rut, you probably take any day. Uh, when it's in the rut, give him more time. Because he, he, he was, in my mind, I'm thinking he was more than half beyond the trees. In reality, looking back, he probably was just just beyond the tree. Yeah. Like, I'm see, thinking I see half the body, and I really probably well, did And seeing the pictures of Joe with that buck, and you can see the, the hole that Adam shot in this in this buck's neck, it's like to shoot a buck in the neck to go through its neck and for it to not die somehow. I mean, That's how did you miss yeah. everything? It's, un- it's unlucky. It's unlucky. It was a, it was a, that was the other thing too, is I, I forgot my tackle box and I had to dig through my dad's stuff to find the two blade. I usually shoot a three blade. The taxidermist did say one centimeter lower and the thing would have dropped because it would have hit the jugular. If I'd have been shooting a three blade, dude, if you would have shot a three day, three blade, I would have a pretty gone. sweet Christmas present. Steph would be really 30. pissed at me. Equipment yeah. malfunction. <laughs> well, you we wouldn't be talking about it actually. Dude, we would not be all, telling Steph about this. All of these Just are hundred dollars. I tell my wife they're a hundred dollars. Shoulder yeah. mounts are a hundred dollars. You spent oh a hundred? Wow, That's I got a guy it. that'll do it for seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so, yeah, so, so uh, that that was that's. Uh, that that's our bow season. That's and, bow I mean, season. you got Aiden's, you got mine. It was really disappointing. Then you, we got gun deer season. What did you do for gun? Did you blow shit up? Me? Yeah. I was a driver, so my oh. brother and cousin blew some stuff up on yeah. my behalf. But we got meat in the freezer. So do you do you all like whatever you get, you throw in one big pile and you divvy it out equally? Or I, I wouldn't say it's that formal. Um, it's as I mentioned, you know, my cousins in particular. My my one cousin who got two this year, um, his wife doesn't really eat venison, nor do his mm-hmm. kids. So he will take kind of what he wants for himself and then shares out the rest of his. My brother Jack um, will usually get a couple deer between the bow and the gun season, and okay. he's he loves to share. So he's happy to. So, so you're good. we don't really have, we don't keep track of the poundage or anything in that more of a formal sense. It's, you know, we all work together on these yeah. drives and everybody's going to eat, so... Nick, did you hunt at all? I uh, did not hunt this year. Um, we took a year off. Uh, previous year, uh, we spent more time in the tavern than we did in the woods. Um, <laughs> Shit. And so it really didn't... Uh, wow, you know, that's really... I, you know, I had the same chance this year shooting a deer as I did last year when I was in the woods. So uh, we'll, we'll leave her there. I, I go to deer camp for uh, shaking dice, talking smart. Um, I do drink a beer or two. And then I do climb into a tree stand, but not for long. There's a lot of snacks generally I was, waiting. I think it was perfect timing. That you, uh, Nick and Derek used to hunt with us up at the Boneyard. Um, and it was really good timing of when our kids got into hunting a little bit. because It, was, it a, was getting rowdy. It was when, when we went through a, a half barrel of beer in a day and a half with just three guys. I mean, that, that was kind of that I, we needed to. I, just, I actually just had it come up on the, my Snapchat memories of, uh, geez, Adam. Uh, one day was Adam. Must have been the Friday we were we were giving her trying to eat the last pickled egg out of the jar. Couldn't oh. get it. And I got another one of Adam just just full orange with an empty keg. And this is Saturday. It's not <laughs> like oh this is uh, so or Sunday. It's not like oh this is two weeks later. This Bas- is basically when we take the. 
deer stands down off of opening weekend, we'd have to bring a garbage bag full to pick up the, the bush lattes on the ground. <laughs> no, no. No. No, we always hey, you carry them up. You have a pretty damp. nice ladder stand, though. Yeah, you do. That you've used, like, one weekend. Uh, you, no, I got it set up on uh, my, my new land where we get to hunt. Uh, we could have hunted this year. He sold a camper, so we couldn't. Is he building anything up there? Yeah, he, he's building a permanent structure. He actually has a uh, grain bin that he's taken part of, like, a big silo. Yeah. That he's took a ring of, and he's building like a, a bar there, but it's, so it's not a permanent structure yet, gotcha. but that's his goal. And it butts up to a bunch of forest land and county land that we can access, but you have to walk. So yeah. uh, poor Derek could attest to if you shoot a deer back there and there's no snow on the ground, you're going to be, uh, yeah. you're going to work to get that thing out. It is funny though. So the gun deer season essentially was, for us at least, Aaron and I, and you and I have talked about this a lot, Joe, uh, just in the past week. It's kind of turned into for our generation, it is turned into more of a family time, more of a like just an experience, not necessarily about the hunt. It's, yeah. It seems more like the, 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 the men and women and boys and girls who are more into like truly hunting appreciate the challenge of probably bow hunting a little bit more mm-hmm. rather than just shooting 350 yards and yeah. getting yeah. anything you want. But at the, same, at the same time, we've talked about this a ton, Aaron, is access. Yeah. Access, access, access. That is becoming more and more challenging with the cost of land going up, and it's, it's you just can't nab up a forty for you know some cheap price without having to get a second and third mortgage for something. You know what yeah. I mean? It's so it it would it the gun deer season for us turned into all the kids come up, mom and dad come up. It's it is a to- we absolutely love it. Wouldn't change it for the world. I mean they, I'm out in this the the insulated ground blind and i got audrey my niece and my daughter emory and we're They're playing teach, garbage or, <laughs> or, 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 playing <laughs> cards and you know all that kind of stuff a deer could have walked right by and there's not a chance in hell i'd have grabbed my gun even to, to shoot you, it you must have like, took oh, so much money off those suckers <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> just yeah. yeah but but that's more well, what it's turned into and then on public land too it's it's 35 plus thousand acres yeah. up there so yeah. again this for our listeners and and for the for the tens of people listening right now it's it's like <laughs> it's it truly is like it's that access thing where you got to keep in mind where we're coming from of the public land um although they did they did lift the the baiting ban up there this year oh, which good. was different yeah. but it, it changed we noticed it even on cameras before we knew the baiting man like we were months behind the news we we're the last ones to find out that the baiting man was lifted but i noticed even on the trail cams on the public land i was like god this is weird something's just up oh yep. the baiting man's yeah. lifted it and how many how changed. many stands did we walk by and there's there there was Piles. a stand and then there was a pile, pile. you could tell there's a pile but the, the hard part with public and gun deer season is just you get to a point where what i love about bow season is is you know you do early sits and you do late evening sits because you know how they move, and you pattern them, right? Gun deer season is just, and up where we are, all those freaking Minnesota people that just, I don't care. Don't get it going on this, boys. But (laughs) they they come in, they come in, and they will, by Sunday morning, we have the army of 50 guys driving a little patch around our cabin. Yeah. And and they'll, they'll blast whatever freaking moves. And no, that's had, a, that's a that's a Wisconsin. That's we we know at least one other hunting camp 
That is all bear hunters that do yep. that too, though. Yep. Then they're Wisconsin dudes. Oh, they're Wisconsin they're, dudes. They're, they. It's, I'm just, it's just, no, it's, just give the, me my chance to rail oh. on Minnesota. Yeah, you're just jealous because the, the no, Vikings just, are good this year no, and the Packers aren't. No, so I'm not just, jealous. Man, you just want to beat jealous. up on the it's Minnesota just, people. It's just when, like, how much does it cost for a Minnesota person to come and not, hunt? Not, and, like a hundred bucks. Or yeah, something. right. Yeah, well. All I want is, like, let's jack the shit up on licenses. And <laughs> if you're a Minnesota person, you want to come and shoot our little fawns. Then pay four hundred bucks. Let's That's not. All I want. Or if you're Dan Shire. Yeah. Or if you're Dan Shire. <laughs> Dan Shire oh, or anybody from Minnesota. Dan Shire, if you're listening, if you're gonna come up to the boneyard again, you're done shooting fawns, buddy. Bears Packer weekend. No, no. <laughs> Let's go, Shire. <laughs> but there is. I mean, I mean, the gun, the gun deer season. You're not scouting. You're not like. You're no. not pattering deer because it's it's just basically. You get out and it's all ninety nine percent is luck. New in the first. I mean, yeah. you look at the fire lanes. Uh, you go up on Thursday before gun deer season. There's not a truck. There's not a tire mark right. on the on the trail. And then by mm-hmm. Saturday at noon, it's a freaking. It's a highway. It's so a highway. when I went up there last weekend, or no, just yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday when I went up there right. yesterday, all the fire lanes, not a single track on yep. it. Yep. You know, and they got some snow good, a couple days. Some ago, good so. late bow season, but. I'm not doing it because I don't have time. We got yeah. basketball tournaments and shit like that. Okay, Stupid. so we're done hunting. Well, technically you're not because we got bow hunting. We got a couple more days of uh, muzzle loader. Are, are you going to go out muzzle loader, Aaron? Your smoke bowl. You like to, you just like to say smoke, smoke bowl. bowl. I just like, just like to say I want a smoke bowl. He just likes to meander around the woods. I'm for... going to go out there and get my smoke bowl up there, and I'm going to get that, some loins. Didn't go thirty. So. Um, <laughs> what? Um, all right. So wait, wait. wait I want to ask Joe what. What caliber rifle do you Ooh, shoot? Yeah. In deer season? I got a 30 out 6. 30 out 6. Why? What do you think? Is that, I, 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 just, I don't know what that just, tells uh, you about struck me. struck me as a 6.5 Creedmoor guy. Now, my nope, brother no, he, is he very much. He's not on a pellet grill. I see. So he does not shoot a 6.5 Creedmoor. My, my brother is, is a gun guy and cares about, you know, whether or not a, a gun is appropriate for. Yeah. Uh, it, I, we have, um, growing up, it was a World War II Czechoslovakian Mauser. And Jesus. we, well, yeah, and but those are uh, eight millimeter, bar- so we basically were able to use the action, put a 30 out six barrel on it, and, and remount it on a different stock or whatever. And for me, that's the only gun I've ever deer hunted with, and so that was we, all purposes driving, standing. So, I mean, we, it, you'd have bayonet clip on it. Do we have for a my gun? First. Do we have a gun where we could bring his brother on and mm-hmm. we do a whole episode where he restocks one of our one of our guns? I don't know if we have a gun. But, but we, we could go buy, buy one. Oh, you restock. You would want to film that at his shop, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. He, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rhinelander, yeah, no, here we go. I'm all Let's about go. driving up to Rhinelander. Gle- Gleason, yeah. just for the record. Okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh my God. It's a suburb of Rhinelander. <laughs> oh, shit, right I think I played <laughs> little league baseball in Gleason. <laughs> yeah, but that would be a sweet. That would be Let's a get sweet. Get on Highway Eight and don't Jeez. stop. <laughs> all right, so gun deer season. Here we go. Let's let's flip the switch. Turn the page. New chapter. Hence. Right? It's getting cold. Uh, it's, it's not a chapter book. Is this a chapter book? book? It's let's, not a chapter book. Let's actually invite this <laughs> guy to talk book. right here. We are moving now. I'm excited because right over here, we, we brought it back, is all our ice fishing gear. Oh, and I thought you were talking the White Claw. We got White Claw. <laughs> not much left, but there's some. But the reality is is uh, the lakes are starting to freeze over. Uh, there's some hard water, especially in the bays that don't get much sun. Um, and there are people getting out already when we were, when we were gun deer season, 
Lower McKenzie, they were out on Saturday. Friday, yes, it was Sunday morning. Sunday morning. But Friday night at 4.30 when I drove in, yep. it was open. It was and open. they were out by like yeah. 9 o'clock on Sunday. And they were about 50, frozen. when they were out on Sunday, they were about 50 yards from open water. So uh, it's happening. I know a lot of people are posting about north of, uh, or go, heading way north into uh, northern, northern uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Big Red Lake. Yeah, yeah Big Red people. Lake, all that good stuff. I'm going to step out, take a pee. So let's talk about ice fishing. I, you've been you've been out. You've been out already. Yes. And I got a great, yeah, I want to know. Like, So you've been out. Yes. Uh, and right here in this area, you don't have to name the lake, New, but in this up area. Up in New Auburn, so 30 minutes away from Eau Claire. Okay. So what, my biggest question, so how much ice? Let, let's start there. Like, uh, what was ice at? Because right was, now there's people that... Like to ice fish, but ch- typically it's like you're either all in, like you, or it's you go sit in an ice castle. Um, so there, there's guides all, all over the internet, Facebook. You can find them that are going to tell you that three inches safe for walking, you know, with your gear, your sleds and stuff. And you know, truthfully, it's it kind of depends on the the quality of the ice more than yeah. how much. So yeah, you want that uh, good clear dark ice. Clear like, dark ice, yes. Yep. And um, we were out a week ago yesterday from yesterday, so uh, eight days ago. There was three and a half to four inches of clear black ice. And it's almost scary to look at how clear yeah. it is because you're seeing yep. the weeds in the bottom and yeah. eight feet of water. Um, but it, it didn't make a sound. I mean, it's beautiful ice. I mean, yeah. it was perfect. So here's my – and um, you like to fish. You love to fish. You eat fish a little bit. What dry – like what is it <laughs> that drives you to go out on a couple of inches of ice – uh, to to catch something that you're just gonna throw right back in the hole versus, like I I could understand if you're like, I need to fill the freezer with fish because it's gonna get us through the winter, like a deer well, like th- like Joe and deer <laughs> like he's like yeah I want but you're like I don't even like to eat fish like so what I, I tr- so I'm gonna go out on two inches of ice and go catch fish so so the the appeals the, the appeals different no it's not that I don't like to eat fish I don't like to clean fish so wait do you have a, but do you have a boat. Do I don't know. I, I don't fish in the summer. Okay, so that, <laughs> nope, that's that's kind of what, 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 like, what is it about ice? I need, like... I need a hobby in the winter, and ice fishing's it. I, I play golf in the summer, and ice fish in the winter. Ice fishing. Golf, um, <laughs> and you don't eat it? I, I will. Yeah, I will now. Um, when it's when it was just me and me and my wife, I wasn't going to keep a bunch of panfish because you know if I fillet them and miss a bone and she catches one, it's over. <laughs> you know, I'm eating the rest. Um, and and truthfully, you know, it's I don't like cleaning fish that much, but I will. Uh, my son now is five. He started ice fishing with me last year. It is, it's the best fishing with him. Uh, he didn't know we could keep fish <laughs> until until I went fishing with my brother, and he's my, he, he saw my brother put a, yeah, I mean, he saw my brother put a, a crappie in a bucket, and he's like, "Where'd that where'd that fish go?" I said, oh, it's in it, it's in the bucket. Why is it in the bucket? He's keeping it. What's he gonna do with it? Well, he's gonna eat it. Dad, can we eat fish? <laughs> can we keep? So now he doesn't oh, want to throw yeah. anything. We gotta back. be. We gotta be careful here too, because Leo might watch this. Because you just taught I'm, him how to like and subscribe. Yes, Leo, like and subscribe, buddy. <laughs> Layla, you too. <laughs> um, so, so the next time we went fishing was on uh, beautiful Lake Halley, uh, just for a uh, an ice fishing contest, <laughs> just to go, you know. And we caught we caught one bluegill, and Leo said, "Dad, can we keep it and eat it?" I said, "Yes, yeah, son." I'm assuming we're going to catch some more. We caught it pretty fast. That was the only fish we caught. I filleted that fish. I, I filleted that fish. I breaded that fish. I fried that fish, and I let Leo eat. I 
I did all that work for one bluegill for him. So what drives me is um, I like, so especially on early ice, it's, it's the best fishing. It's no pressure. The fish are transitioning generally from shallower water to deeper water. So you can catch them in a different, in a different areas. And the luck you can have, uh, if I'm crappie fishing, I can get lucky and catch. Um, it was uh, last week, a hunting season, about seven years ago, my friend Dan caught a 24 and a 27 inch walleye fishing for crappies. Just lucky because it was early ice or three inches of ice, you know, and at a certain point, midwinter, the fish are going to be where they're going to be. There's not a surprise. There's no luck. You can target them a little better, but there's a good chance to catch them. And I, tr- I, I am out for big fish and the experience. I have a lot of friends. My friend um, Dan will fish to catch a, a fish to eat. So yeah. I'll go to these lakes and catch a ton of fish. And that doesn't excite me as much as going out and catching, you know, having the ability to catch, uh, you know, a bunch of 11, 10, 11 inch crappies. And then there's always that potential for, you know, 13 inch or 14 inch crappies, yeah. which uh, Leo actually caught a 14 inch crappie last year. So it was oh, a blast. Lilik, what about you? You go from rivers to hard water? Oh yeah. And I grew up on a lake, so we actually do quite a bit of just, yeah. um, ice fishing, but it's, it's not quite as just meat driven as like the deer hunting was, but it certainly was, um, you know, if, if we go out, there's an expectation we come back and we're not just going to keep any little thing, but, um, you know, that, that we're out there to get a meal or, or a couple. Try to get 25 um, good ones. And- yeah. And, um, you know, my, my dad, when we had a lot of little bluegills to the cleaning point, we basically just cut the head off and scrape out the guts and then yep. you just fry the whole thing, eat the fins and all and, and the oh. tails, like little potato chips. Well, I've and even really the bluegills, the back spines yeah, got to be a little careful with, but like the bluegills really good. That way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, and when we were real little before VHS really hit the scene, not the, not the video, the actual, the, the disease, um, you could track <laughs> Okay, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The hemorrhagic, yeah, okay, whatever. So, um, the viral hemorrhagic syndrome. I'm like, please be kind, rewind. Yeah, no, no, not that one, no, no. But you used to be, and I'm sure you you guys are older than me, but you used to be able to trap minnows, and then you would go, and and you could have bait, and you wouldn't have to pay, you know, whatever for a dozen minnows. I don't even know what a dozen minnows costs anymore, to be honest with you. A lot. 350 to 425. Which, for my old man, that's a lot. But when you can trap your own... You know, we, we would go out there, and then as that became something you couldn't do anymore and you had to buy bait, then ice fishing's a whole lot harder. And um, we, didn't, we didn't have access to live bait, or we just chose not to spend that much on it. But, um, you know, it was, it was part of what we did, but we, we mostly caught our fish mm-hmm. in the summer. So, so do you do it now? Uh, my brothers will. I will when I have a chance. But, again, it's, I don't go around here. So I got to get in a car, drive Cause, cause back to my people. hometown. Yes, because I hate people. And you go up, you know, you're driving a couple hours. I haven't seen my mom since deer season. So I was like, yeah. I got to visit too. And I hope my mom doesn't watch this. But you got to get I have a feeling she's, well. <laughs> you probably won't. Unless Ashley makes her yeah, sit down watch it. I'm going to text uh, her the link. Yeah. Well, call, um, call her on the landline. Let her know what's coming. my mom's number? I don't know. Uh, but but uh, no, I'll get out there. But it won't be... Um, I'd say maybe a half dozen times this winter would probably be a lot, you know, enough for me. So you two, what's your favorite species of fish to catch? It's crappie all, crappie? all day. Yep. You're crappie? Through the ice or total? Yeah, through the ice. Through the ice, probably perch. Perch? Mm, perch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did we, you and I got out, right? Did we go out perch? Yeah. We went out perch. Yeah. We're you don't remember Next that? weekend. It was not that big. Well, I, I ice fished like every other day last year. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I just don't remember my ice fishing trips. I think got we're going out next weekend. Well, yeah, I think. So you're you're crappies, your purge. Yep, and that's a big point of contention because my brothers love tip ups and just getting northerns for the sake of action, which just doesn't do it for me. But northerns, you gotta. Oh, that's fun. Northerns, if they're big, they're not good eating. If they're small, you don't get much. They're not worth catching. They're yeah. not worth yeah. eating. Yeah. But so they're, like, and that's where my brothers and I have kind of shifted, where they just they don't they don't cling to my our childhood as much as I do. Not that so I cling, but but they that that experience for them of of catching fish to eat, well, per, isn't as big a deal for them. Per, perch and crappie though are pretty similar in regards to their, the because the, I'm guessing that the thrill of the crappie is the fact that it's a school fish mm-hmm. like that, and it's like. All of a sudden, it's going to be boom, 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 boom. Same with a perch, though, too, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's well, yep. the same type of thing. You around kind us, of, different bodies. You can kind of chase, you yeah. chase the schools if you, around. If you yeah. read his book, you'll learn that. Uh, what, I, kind of, I, what kind of fish is this? So, so here, here's why. This is why I always people. chase crappies. <laughs> um, why? People. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. People made uh, you do this podcast, no, you Get in trouble with your wife. Are you, you're in trouble with your mom. Are, you, are either are either of you two walleye? Uh, it's so this is this is why I like fishing for crappies. I I would love to walleye fish. I'd love to go out and chase walleye all day. Um, I don't fish every day. I don't fish every weekend. I fish as much as I possibly can in the winter. When you go crappie fishing, you fish more than anybody I know. Yeah, I'm just gonna I got, say, I got, yeah, dude, you so fish I, a lot. I don't. I start I don't. well again. I get to bring my son Leo out. Like and subscribe. <laughs> I get to bring Shameless. Leo out, so now I get to go more. Um, but when you when you fish, so of all the species you're going to fish around this area, right? So just take, you know, the New Auburn area is generally where I fish, maybe up north a little farther. Of all the fish you're going to fish for, if you're trying to fish for, uh, you know, essentially a trophy class fish, right? If you're not keeping them to eat them, what do you want to do? You want to you don't just want to go catch a hundred fish that are little for no reason. Uh, I'm chasing a big fish. And I think if you're fishing for perch around here, you're not going to catch a world-class perch. If you're fishing for walleye around here, you're not going to catch a world-class walleye. If you get on the right lake here in our backyard, you can catch a world-class crappie of 15, 16, 17-inch crappie in our backyard. I promise that it can happen. I've seen, personally have caught when I was a child, crappies over 16 inches, which is world-class. So that's, that's my pursuit. Trust me, when I'm fishing for crappies, it's two poles and a tip-up. There's a tip-up out somewhere for walleye or for northern, for action, for fun. But that's, that's why I fish for crappie. It's, it is essentially the fact that you will get lucky and catch that monster that you can... I have pictures of my son with his 14-inch crappie, things wider than him. And it's like, that is... You're not going to get a perch like that around here. A walleye like that around here. You know, maybe a pike uh, or northern. Um, you're just... That's why that's why I crappie fish. That's it. So, okay, um, Adam and I grew up. Our exposure to <laughs> ice fishing was Lake Amicoy. and who? The night, who it was, was the Knights of Columbus. Knights like, of Columbus. I think or, it was the Knights of Columbus, or what's the other one? Uh, Lions uh, Club. I think. Lions Club. Like they did a ice fishing contest. Yep. Right, right by Wonder Spot. Yep, right up, right in the Amicoy. bay. And what we would do is we'd load up. We would go out in my dad's uh, hatchback escort. Ford diesel ex- escort. Yep. Same. Same. Same I'm one we took. Same one we took. We would stop. Dad would get out. He would go beg some guy to come drill a hole. So the guy would come drill one hole, and the four of us—mom, dad, Adam, and I—would all, and we had the like the bamboo-looking things with two little 
wood knobs sticking out and the line that was wrapped around it and we'd unwrap it and Joe's I was like, blast. yeah, I still use those. Yeah, yeah. What's, 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 yeah my line is still kinked every what's, three inches. What, what's wrong with that? There's some story different? in here? Yeah. Joe's like, is there something different? I spent, like, fif- a five I spent bucket, 15 right? minutes getting the drag just right it's an Ab- getting the drop just right. It's an Abu Garcia. <laughs> now, so, the only difference is we didn't have to wait for a hole. We had My dad had three sons to drill the holes for yeah. him. That's why we were there. Yeah. With, the, with the scoop? With, oh, yeah, the actual... The scoop I, had ice I, I legit, I prior to I don't know five years ago or four years ago, we, when we got it. into it. Well, it it was yeah. Dad just never had patience. No, no way. Dad had the patience. No. To do All it. we we showed up just for the raffle. Yes. Uh, for the <laughs> and mom won something. That's where she got Agnes. Agnes. Ma, mom's so, nickname is Agnes. So now, Ron Golat. Ron so Golat. now we got into this about three four years ago. We have an Eskimo hub. We have three different fish finders. I have a Garmin, two Garmins, and we have a camera, the camera ones. We have a box with all our reels and rods, and Adam got a, what is it? What's that one? Something 13. It's like a ice fishing. That's company. a dirty name. It's dirty. Yeah, dirty. something pickle or something. Oh, something. Tickle, oh stick. Tickle, tickle stick. Tickle stick. Yes, tickle, tickle stick. stick. I own one. So we got, yeah, so we got it's tickle really sticks cool. and all that good stuff. So... <laughs> That's, that's a, the name of the pole. That's the name yeah, of the pole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Black and green. And so, then whatever, what's the reel? The reel is super fancy. The 13 too. reels are the, it's probably oh. like a gravity. So what's the, what's, uh, I mean, I know what you use. Do you use like a fish finder? No. No, you no. don't? No. no. You fish. Well, like, is it, like you said, they're, they're predictable. Yeah. The yeah. bodies of water that I'm used to fishing are much smaller. Okay. Uh, being up in that, where it's the, the glaciated part of north central Wisconsin where you're finding, use a few acre, a few acre lake. And if you want a different species, you go a quarter mile that way. There's another few acres and, and another lake. And it's not hard to find them once, once you're on top. And a school fish, like you said. Yeah. And we'll do a lot of crops and stuff, too. It's not yeah. like I only yeah. go out for perch. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's – you, you know where they are before you even have So the for equipment there. and stuff, you're pretty basic. You're your um, your well, auger is probably a 1985. To be honest, I'm a mooch on my brothers nowadays. <laughs> but growing up, it was – yeah, we had a lot of hand augers. We actually did have a scoop one for a while. Yeah, well, uh, we still have it. It's my mom's attic somewhere, I'm sure. You didn't, um, you didn't shoot holes with a shotgun? No. no. <laughs> not, not quite. Just, I just, I don't <laughs> That's <know>. too far. <laughs> but He's not all the way up yeah, at no, the UP. He's close. Yeah, we're a few miles south of eight. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, we did have the old pimple poles and, and line that was probably significantly older than me that we were still using. And uh, But now my brother, he's got a setup more like you. Like I said, he he's interested in guiding stuff when he – has the opportunities and um, he likes to spend money a little bit more than I do. Not in a bad way. I'm just super cheap. Yeah. But so he he's upgraded his stuff, whereas I just kind of cling to. Well, we've had these tip ups or these nibble holes, and, and we've fished here my whole life. Yeah, so. and my brother's really good at woodworking. Does this, the gun stocks, but he makes he, we use a bunch of tip downs too, and we're doing like oh, yeah. hand fish. Um, and he's got some pretty slick rigs, and um, he's very much about efficiency. So when he goes on the water, he can fit everything very cleanly in one um, kind of like. Uh, clamshell type thing but uh, then he's got two free hands to deal with his kids or whatever and yeah. the way he makes all his stuff just so tight i'm i'm kind of a mooch yeah i don't want so, to mess up with that well it's, <laughs> I, so nick, nick what what are you are you a are you like a vexlar flasher um, or are you like a hummingbird what do, what do they call it the hummingbird i have a helix five helix five so it's a smaller the what smallest is, unit they make what's so you got garmin panoptics hummingbird live what the, they got uh, so uh, hummingbird has a mega live imaging. They also there have a three sixty imaging. What are you? 
Uh, I'm just a, it's essentially just a flasher, but the, the Helix 5 will have uh, GPS and I have a Lake Master chip in there. Okay. So I have a map of every single lake in Wisconsin. And where, you, where you punched holes? You can, yep, you can drop pins okay. and save your holes, save your tracks so you don't get lost. Um, and that has been, you know, a game changer. It started with the Navionics boating app for me that I used to just go to spots I knew. I'm, like, I'm not going to go somewhere because I don't have a lot of time to fish. I'm not just going to go try another spot. I'm going to go where I know. And I found, I got this lake maps, uh, the Navionics boating app. Uh, which is cheap. It's four bucks or five bucks or something. And you can go and find, especially if you're fishing for crappies, you know, you're looking for basins and in, in lakes, you know, you're looking for 25, 30 feet of water, basins and lakes, crappies are going to be in there. You get on this boating app, it isn't as detailed as a lake master chip, but it will get you in the area and you will catch fish. And it also provides you the opportunity to look at a lake and say, I've always fished here in this basin. And look, there's a similar basin on the north side of lake. Let's go try that. And since I've had that, that app, and then uh, I invested in the Lake Master Chip, which is only like 100 bucks. I have detailed maps of every lake I want to fish. I can get to the places I know, and I can look at that same body of water and find similar places, go drill a bunch of holes, and find fish, which is super fun. What about equipment? So, so you got that. Yeah, I got it. Like- uh, I have a clam drill plate on a K-drill, a uh, 7.5-inch K-drill. So you're not... A- the ion no it's those are kind of master uh those are pretty limited i mean i mean they're not limited for ice fishing it's just limited on the batteries which can you call a piece of ice fishing equipment bougie (laughs) is the the ion augers bougie uh yeah i think so (laughs) okay okay. well because i mean if you're going to spend 550 dollars on one that you can only use in the winter for ice fishing versus um, I use Milwaukee drills. Uh, I have Milwaukee tools, hand tools, leaf blower, weed whacker, chainsaw. So these batteries that I have, and trust me, when you're buying this stuff, well, if you're buying tools or you're buying an ice auger or you're buying a fish locator, what you're paying for is battery. I yeah. mean, truthfully, that's... It, that's yeah. what it is. Yep, and, and you need to... You know, I was trying to maximize, hey, I have Milwaukee tools. Let's get... I have this drill. Like, let's get a K-drill. The K-drill's great. Super light, it's plastic shaft, metal metal blades, a super sharp lifetime resharpening. If you just send the blades in, just take them off, really? send them in, they'll sharpen them and send them right the back. I got the K drill. Aaron's yep. got the Eskimo. Yep. I do like the Eskimo better. I do have to say. Well, I, I've been I've been nothing but they're happy. both. I mean, you're yeah. splitting hairs. Yeah, right? you're only drilling through three inches of ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, it was a chisel. It was a chisel last weekend. I didn't even uh, I, I didn't weigh myself down with a with an auger, but. Um, no, it's it's a really good setup. And no, I'm with you there, but it, it's amazing how many of these guys that are they're anti, you know, drill like drill augers. They're because it's yeah. just like no, you need the the ion so much better. It's like okay, what well, is great specific tool for ice fishing? It's a yeah, great tool. Don't trust take me. that away. But, but you can you can punch as many holes with that as you can with a Dewalt fully charged, or if you have two batteries. Yeah, I have a eight, I, I would have venture two, to guess you're going to probably be able to do a little bit more with the ion, but even yeah. then, again, talking oh. to our viewers, talking about what do we do? Why? Yeah. What? Yeah. Because I've had, you know, we have Aunt Rita's boyfriend, and he's like, oh, it's the dumbest thing. You need a gas one. Oh, the, the, oh, I, oh, we drill like three holes at the time when we go out. <laughs> no, Maybe 10 if we're going to yeah. put tip-ups out. Well, that's, I don't give a shit. That's the other part, too, that Clam has come up with is they have a drill plate that's essentially just a plate, which is what I have. And it's a little cheaper, and it just runs like an auger. They have a geared plate, a power plate, that will 
ratio your drill, right? So you got oh, way yeah. more power yeah. than because it's geared out. It, it's a little more money, but it's uh, it's a it's great technology. So who's ever, got who's got more? <clears throat> who's got more rods? You or Joe? Joe, I'm, how many how many rods do you have? My, <laughs> do you have a different rod for a different species? Um, are we still talking ice fishing? Yeah. Yeah. It's either it's either gonna be one of my grandpa's beaver dam tip ups, okay. or it's it's gonna be just a straight pimple pole that probably was my grandpa's too. Yeah. I, no, uh, and for open water, I have a lot bigger of a, a toolkit. But for e- either I'm jigging or it's uh, a beaver dam tip up. What and about you? Oh, I probably only have 10, 12, tw- 10, 12 different rods. I'm not. Well, a, he's got me beat by about wife ten. <laughs> I have five rods. Five rods. Yeah. No, I, I, I just, I, once I get a rod and a reel that I like, I stick with yeah. it and I slowly upgrade it. But boy, am I super guilty of buying, buying jigs and plastics and. Are you I, a, are you a, like a Carhartt bib overalls dude or are you got. The, I, the, I had, the, I have, I had this, I had a striker float suit that I wore. I wore it to death. I mean, it, yeah. the thing, the pockets fell off. I mean, it's, it's done. Uh, so this year I'm back to the Carhartts until I, I invest in another pair because I wore those for seven years. And Joe's sweatpants and rubber boots. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Big mucks. <laughs> well, he's got an ice castle. <laughs> he freaking doesn't need anything else. That is awesome. Okay, so one of the things, topic of conversation, uh, is just kind of regulating the technology, trying to regulate technology and keep up with the technology advancements versus <clears throat> What's a fair chase, uh, you know, hunt or fish, right? So right now, one of the big things is like uh, the, the, is it thermal scopes yep. and all that good stuff because they're sitting there saying, okay, wait a minute, you can use that for coyotes, but a deer hunter could use that thermal imaging to go out some night and figure out where the deer are bedding down and know where to set up their ground blind the next day or turkey like where do i go turkeys are roosting here the question um so we're uh we're basically flashers garmin you know the closest i got is the garmin 93 echo map and so the they're asking the questions where the panoptics and the live scope like is it pushing the envelope when you're when you're able to you know punch you go out, you used to have to punch, you know, 10, 15, 20 holes to figure out where you're going. Now, panoptics, you can punch one hole and you can see 180, you know, feet around you and stuff. And then you can, you can actually literally see the fish, you know. So do you think the technology with the Garmin's and the, and the Hummingbird, you think it's pushing the envelope as far as like what's a fair... Uh, oh, absolutely not. No. Um, well, so, not, so the, okay. po- the point, <laughs> no, no. So the, the point would be, so, so the point would be that, Hey, these guys are using these, this technology to, to catch limits of fish every single day. They're catching limits of fish every single day. They're eating limits of fish every single day. They're decimating the fishing, the fish population or, or something to that effect. That's not the technology's fault. It's the bag limits. Yeah. And you have to be a, re- a reasonable person or a responsible sportsman and go out and say, yeah, the, the limit on this lake for panfish is 25, keep 10. You're not going to eat 25 in a city. Keep 10. Yeah. Um, and, and I know in Minnesota, in certain areas, and, uh, and coming to Wisconsin, I think there are in certain areas, but slowly, they're, they're reducing that panfish bag limit down to 10 instead of 25. That's what's killing, killing the lakes. You kill the small fish, 
the big fish have nothing to eat. <clears throat> and then uh, they've been doing it with walleye. They regulate the piss out of walleye with their slot limits and stuff too. So, um, what, no, it's what, not unfair. I mean, the, yeah, you're going to catch more fish. Called? What's the limit called where it, that you keep in the freezer? Um, the, possession. Limit. Possession yep. limit. So what do you think is more – what what regulation is broken more often? The possession. Possession by or the – Possession by the, far. Yeah, rather than daily bag, which would make sense. No, I've known lots but of that's, people that – But that's, that's what bugs me most about it is it doesn't matter. It could be 25. It, it, you talk about daily limits. I don't give a shit what the daily limit is. It's until people have the – I don't know, the moral because no – the only time a DNR word is going to go check your freezer is if you did something else really, somebody, really, really, really somebody wrong. Somebody turns you in. Yep. It's the only way that's going to happen. So it truly is. And I know really good people that have way more than their possession limit. Yep. I'm, way I'm, more. I, I, I'm and, it, and it truly is a thing that I get it. There, the, But when it comes to fish and relying on fish as your nutrient source, so, like we're not in – 1860 we're like relying on this and uh, but that to me is what pisses me off the most i don't care what the daily bag limit is that's that's to attract tourists to come you know be able to come in and catch fish when they want to catch fish but for the true conservationist it's you got to be careful what you put in your freezer and that's where the morals and ethics of shit takes place it's not that's where the yeah it's not on the lake it's it's at home it's it's in your own house if you're not gonna you know if you're not those same people, if it's a 10, 25, 50 limit, it doesn't matter. They're going to keep what they want, and they're going to get away with it. Um, and you're right. I know a lot of good people that will go out and catch 25 fish three days in a row, yeah. clean them, put them in their freezer. That's over possession limit. Like, in the, and I, and it, I know what they'll say is, in the end, I eat them all. You're 100%. You're, that's awesome. At least you do that. But it's still not morally and ethically right when it comes I, to the big picture because you are – decimating more than what you should take because the, the whole thing about a possession limit is that it's supposed to regulate you shouldn't go out fishing anymore stop <laughs> like I, I, only go out when you need to get more fish like yeah, that's the whole point of that i know a ton of people that, that that grew up with that way some of the people i fish with the most that just grew up and it's like we're going to get limits we're going to get limits we're keeping our limits and it's like even those people have now grown to the point where it's like, well, I'm not going to eat tonight. I already got some in the freezer, so I don't need to keep them. And then you start releasing more fish. And, you know, I've seen it on a, that's obviously super micro personal level, but I've seen it online too, where um, you'll see on YouTube and the comments on some of those fishing videos when these guys are releasing a ton of fish and it's like, yeah, catch photo release. I mean, they've really pushed it. And I think the fishing community in general, the younger community is not doing that anymore. I I, got to believe it. Got to have faith. And with the correct management by DNRs and the correct regulations, I think you can curb it and create great fisheries out of uh, fisheries that are just, that have been bad for so many years. And I'm going to bring back full cycle back to Aaron's point of the, the biggest thing though is, you know, we've, we've all, all four of us sitting here have heard of the, the, um, oh, the psychology of hunting and, and, gathering and and fishing and all the different phases you go through and stages you go through and all that kind of stuff where there's the what you just want to kill something you want to catch something you just want to you want antlers you want a trophy and then that end goal of being a conservationist um and and i think when it when it comes to all the the possession stuff and and the morals and ethics that stuff back to what aaron was talking about with all of this technology 
it makes it so easy for somebody who's never been, who's never had to sit out with a spud and just chip away at the ice and sit there with no, with no flash or nothing and just sit and hope you got the right spot. Nobody, you could be a nobody. You could have never fished, but you have $5,000 to blow. You could be a pretty <laughs> yes. good freaking ice fisherman. You certainly could. So you're going to catch shit. So that's, that is my fear in the big picture of things. And I think that ties into what Aaron's talking about is when you talk about the, the fair, the, the fair chase and all that kind of stuff, we are making it easier and easier for people who don't have the mental capacity to think in a conservation mindset to be able to pursue game that if we make it so easy for something like ice fishing and you can just see where everything is. And I know, I, I know two people I'm thinking of right now that, no, it's just cause they got a lot of money and they can just go buy whatever the hell they want. And it's going to make that access and that pursuit a little hell of a lot easier for them. Dude, that's all Dan Shire. But that's, but that's the type of stuff. I think Aaron, that yeah. to your point, yeah, I, uh, from a I regulation just, standpoint, it, I, I, I was just trying to f- figure out if, like, Joe's dad would buy $2,000 uh, electronics. I don't see, think he's bought $2,000 worth of Martha, hey, <laughs> pretty much anything. <laughs> no, but, and, and this is where, you know, we're joking about my equipment and stuff, but when I think about what my son yeah. is going to grow up, or my son's. I don't know how I forgot. <laughs> My sons grow up. I'll bleep and that out. There. Don't yeah, worry, yeah, your wife won't see that. <laughs> and, a, and, and a daughter. We got a daughter on the way. Um, when they grow up, that their experience it will will probably be a little bit more intimate than than another kid their age, where it's. Yeah. And that's kind of my experience too, compared to some of my contemporaries. Of like, I've never shot a monster buck because. My folks never had land and the access yeah. thing. Yeah. So it was, we go out there. This is our experience. We are hunting. You know, yeah, we're not in the 1800s. We're not living off of that. You asked about living off the land. That wasn't where we were at. But mm-hmm. it was an important part of what we did. Um, but then from the conservation standpoint, we grew up in the woods. And that's, that, that's why I, I do what I do. It means a whole lot to me. And yeah. the land I do own, I, I worry about managing it in a, in a responsible way. But then I worry about my kid then growing up because I have land that my kids will be those, I, I don't know how to say this night, but like a spoiled brat that just yeah. has, and that hunting is easy for them because I sit in a yeah. big blind that my dad built on private land and he's got a food plot and, yeah. and whatever. And same with the fishing of, you know, to take my son out there or my sons and uh, my kids, I'm just going to stick we with the word kids. Go, my kids. And uh, to be able to go out there and, you know, talking about this body of water and instead of relying on a, a map or, or technology to get us to a spot say this is a good spot where my father used to take yeah. me we know it's a good spot because you can see and you're reading the topography of the land around it and figuring out where where saddle's going to be or something and when you're that much more in touch with the natural world itself mm-hmm. being in the conservation mindset is a whole lot easier than coming over from minnesota to a place that's not your own backyard yeah and doing whatever you want to do there yep. You know, and same when I talk about going on the river and doing the fishing that I do, and you know, I if up on that stretch of river, the size limit for a brook trout is like nine inches. That's tiny. Yeah. That's I mean, small. I mean, that is that's a small fish, and and yeah, legally you can keep those fish, but those are the kind of fish that I look at. That it's not gonna be great for me to keep this it's not gonna allow me and my children to come back here 
down the road somewhere and still have a, a class one trout stream. Yeah. Because if I catch everything, I, you know, if I keep everything I catch over nine inches, you know, when is that reproductive? But then, you, then, yep, and that ties into so many different species. Even like, look at the slots for walleyes and stuff. It's just like, you know, that there's, yeah, it, it. A lot of what I love about you, Joe, is the the how basic it is. And I was a huge earlier this summer. I Aaron tipped me off to it, the, the outside kids in the indoor world or in uh, whatever the name the title of Stephen Ronaldo's book is. Indoor kids in the outside world. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that too. too. Flip it around. Yeah. Either way. So, it's got to be what, herbal. Whatever it is. But that it's that simplicity of, yes, take your kids out ice fishing. Take them out hunting, whatever it is. But the, what I love about that book and what I love about what you do and obviously even just how you've, talked about raising your kids and things like that it's simple we Aaron and i experienced that this summer when we were at a fourth of july party uh up at jeremy's house who we do maple syrup with he's on the river and the kids spent three hours and caught a five gallon bucket full of crawfish with each kid got a stick and a piece of string and they just kept tying on pieces of brat <laughs> from the table and they just kept, kept i mean they they, but they were so into it. And I know this is kind of cheesy, but they were so just elbows deep because they would sit and they would they were talking about how the crawfish were, you know, oh, but if you put it here next to them or if you put it out in front of the rock, they'll come, you know, just that type of basics. Instead of taking a kid like that, setting them in front of a big piece of technology that says, hey, here's all the fish. Go drill a hole there, drop it down, and going to catch it. Just let them figure it out. Mm -hmm. and, and I know it's rudimentary and I know it's kind of cliche, but to me, if you don't teach that type of stuff, and this goes for all of conservation from hunting to fishing to uh, gardening and gathering, you're, if you don't teach that first, you're not going to have that depth of appreciation to really get them to a conservation level, which is, and then again, that fear of it, it, everybody's going to keep a nine-inch trout. That's it. I'll take everybody walleye fishing in Wisconsin once before you take them up to Canada. Because that <laughs> yes. will ruin it. And it's exactly, it's the yep. same thing you're talking about. It yep. will, yeah, if, if it's that easy. Um, yeah, my son's five. He's going to set up the shack and drill some holes this year. That's it. <laughs> you inspired me. Yeah. Get on, a, get on a stool, bud. Get on that auger. All right, well, he needs a diesel hatchback to go on with Larry. <laughs> my Larry dad had the same one. We put tire chains on it. <laughs> All right, well, we got to wrap this up. Holy Hi. crap. This, this is, is fun. Hour 45. Um, well, that's okay. There's, there's a lot going on. Um, again, Joe, thanks for joining us. Where where can we find those? Um, books? Well, thanks for having me. And they're uh, sold directly through Amazon, which was Amazon? so they're printed on demand, yep. which is kind of nice. We'll provide a link both in the show notes, but then also on our website. Uh, Nick, where can they pick up your book? Uh, <laughs> they can find me at the local tavern. <laughs> the tavern. Uh, you're buying the first round, or it will shake for one. Joe, is there another book in the works? Yes, but that's top secret because okay. the third child is not expect, expected till April, so that's part of the big. Mazel. That's part of the big reveal. How to make babies? No, I'm done. After, this is it. Three is done. I'm looking right in the camera. We're done after three. All right. Oh, shit. Well, thank you two for being yeah. on. This is awesome. This is, Again, pick up so. our shirts. Uh, no idea shirts. All 100% of the proceeds goes towards Hunt of a Lifetime. That's in the show notes as well. No idea.tv. If you haven't yet, subscribe. 
please do so. Uh, we love for you to subscribe both to our podcast, but then also to our YouTube channel. Adam, you got anything? Yeah. What do we, yeah. Um, we have? Go check out our videos. The uh, yep. uh, Pit Boss Grill. Pit Boss Go grill. check that out. That's that's a pretty cool piece of equipment that I think is going to be pretty useful for anything from tailgates useful. to ice fishing to camping. You name it. It's uh, there are a lot of possibilities there. Uh, what do we got coming up? Uh, we have uh, special guest Bimbo Gifford Ooh, coming yeah. up soon. Uh, we're going to have him in the studio here in a couple weeks. Uh, Bimbo Gifford is the owner and maker of the Bimbo Skunk uh, fishing lure fishing, jig. Ice fishing. Uh, everything from ice fishing to uh, open water fishing. So he'll be on, and I think we do have to have Dan on. Yeah. With, <laughs> to defend himself yeah, he, he, he does need to defend himself a little no, bit but uh yeah make sure you, you so stay tuned for that uh we got some awesome new videos out here we um some ice fishing i'm episodes. taking them i'm taking them we should yeah, yeah. hell yeah hang out with derek too. bring him yeah derek do you ice fish yeah i do only when nick goes <laughs> he carries the beer. He carries the beer and Nick, drinks the beer. He drills holes too. Well, actually, if we ever have an episode where we talk about putting against the grain or with the grain oh or when, when to hit a fade or when to hit a draw, Derek, we'll have Derek, Derek on. Will, yeah. He putts from the rough. <laughs> yes. All right. So. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. It's been awesome. Again, make sure you subscribe. So, good talk. See we'll you see you out there. there. Oh, oh, oh Oh, I shit, fucked it up. Like, I fucked it up. Yeah, you did. Shit. Because <laughs> we, we've been waiting. We say it every time and nobody ever picks up. Because <laughs> you didn't even say good talk. You, you said it. I you said can, K. You can do it again. No, I got it. It's K. Okay. Good talk. We'll see you out there. <laughs> so authentic. So authentic. That'll be a good one. Uh, <laughs> all right. Awesome. Holy cow, 100, hour 100, hour 45. Yeah, I'm going to pick some up. Pretty, yeah. pretty My son is so, I can get you. I, I can get through these guys. Woo. You guys are good. He loves fishing so much. Yeah, I mean, you can take that one. Uh, I only have one copy of the camping one. Seriously? But that'll be a, a free. Awesome. You don't need to go buy another. Yeah. Nice well, to meet you. Yeah, no, that's fine.